Welcome to Just Talk with Justine, a podcast for breast cancer survivors and supporters. Just Talk with Justine is a platform where breast cancer survivors can share their journeys. If we can help just one person who's listening today, we've accomplished our goal. First of all, I want to say thank you for being here. And I want to say thank you to all my listeners uh, for listening to Justine at Just Talk with Justine, my podcast for breast cancer survivors, supporters, and thrivers. This platform that I've started here is to anyone who's listening who's just been diagnosed and may need to hear another person's story that might help them through their journey. So today, my special guest is the founder of Compassionate Hands and Hearts Breast Cancer Outreach. She is a news anchor at WFTV Channel 9 here in Orlando, Florida, as well as a podcast host. She likes to read and travel. In 2004, she was diagnosed with stage two triple negative breast cancer. Please welcome Vanessa Eccles to my show. Thank you, Vanessa. I can't thank you enough for being here. Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be a part of your podcast community. Well, thank you so much. And I've got to listen to your podcast. I keep wanting to do that, but I'm afraid to listen to someone else's that I might. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird like that. I'm weird like that. So, Vanessa, can you tell me a little bit about your outreach of Compassion, Hands and Hearts Breast Cancer Outreach? Well, I'd like to tell people it came about very organically and that after I went through breast cancer, you know, I kept looking forward to the day when everything was over, when the surgeries were over, when the last chemotherapy treatment was over, when the last radiation treatment was over. And so on the day of my last treatment, I kind of walked out of the doctor's office with this feeling of, okay, what do I do now? And the nurses were like, hey, great, congratulations, you're finished, you were a trooper, you did great. But then I was like, okay, I feel kind of lost because for the past year, cancer had consumed my schedule. I couldn't make any plans. Any plans I made had to be scheduled around cancer, around surgeries, around doctor's appointments, around treatments. And so I walked in the parking lot and I was like, like, what do I do? I feel like they've turned me loose in the world and like go your way. Now what? Right. Exactly. I did. I had that feeling of now what? And I thought about some of the patients that I met and some in particular who would come to treatments by themselves. And I thought, do they not have family? Do they not have friends? You know, what's their story? I thought about all the things that people talked about. Oh, I wish I had someone to help me with, you know, it could be, I wish I had someone to help me with cleaning the house or growing grocery shopping. Or I'm mm -hmm. having trouble paying the bills, all of those all things. Life in general. Yeah. So I kept searching for an organization that would address those needs and I couldn't find one. And finally, as I talked to friends about it, they all said, well, quit saying that you're searching for it and you do it. Maybe that's your calling. And that's how it came about. Just trying to address the needs that I saw when I was going through treatment. Oh, very nice. Now, is it is this outreach still active and um, very, very much so, huh? Now, Absolutely. Did, now, didn't you do used to do, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't you used to do a, a fundraiser? something with shoes and handbags. Is that we part did. of that? 
Yes, it's called Purses and Prizes, which we held every year until the pandemic hit. But we would have luxury designer handbags and people could kind of bid on them in an auction where they would buy tickets and you place your tickets in the fishbowl next to the purse that you hope to win. And we would draw the, the winning ticket. And if you won that particular handbag, you would look inside and there would be another prize for you. Usually a gift card to um, an event or gift card to a place where you can shop or something like that. Very so that's nice. Purses and prizes. So do you think now you're going to restart that soon or is that on, on hold right now? Well, we'll see how people feel about gathering in large gatherings because the event was huge. We had a lot of people there. So we'll have to see, you know, we'll have to gauge how people feel about the vaccination and the pandemic and gathering and things like that. Oh, I'd love to help you. And when you do start back up, please. I will definitely draft you and everyone heard you say it. So now you have to help. I would be more, I would be honored to help you with that. I've heard about it. And I don't know when the last time you had it, some of the girls knew about it on my team, my Warriors on Water Breast mm-hmm. Cancer Dragon Boat team here in Orlando. And I think some of them went. I don't know why I didn't go, but I would definitely love to get involved and help you any way I can. And I can yeah. help recruit too. So. Mm-hmm. so, okay. So Vanessa, being all that and having your treatments, can you tell me... Um, Can you share with me, when you were diagnosed with stage two triple negative breast cancer, how did it make you feel and what treatment did you have? And this is a three-part question. And did you do any journaling at that point about your, your journey? Well, first of all, I, you know, people say they were shocked. I was completely shocked. How did you, how did you discover that? I went in for what was supposed to be a routine mammogram. And uh, the person doing the mammogram said, something is really, I I think we need to do an ultrasound. And because I had been a very healthy person, I was like, okay, you know, I wasn't alarmed at all. And then in doing the ultrasound, the technician said, your your lymph nodes under your arm are enlarged. Have you been sick? And so I immediately said, oh, no, you don't understand. I'm never sick. (laughs) I was like, I've never had the flu. I still have my tonsils. I still have my appendix. You know, I rattled off all the healthy things about me. And she said, "Mm, so you haven't had the flu? And I was like, no, I've never had the flu. And then I said, oh, I did have a cold. And that's the worst thing that I've had. And she was like, okay. Well, the doctor at the imaging center where I went for the mammogram was alarmed enough that she decided we needed to do a biopsy that same day. And so I still was not thinking same day anything. Yeah. Scary. And so a normal person, yes, a normal person would say, oh, wait a minute. They're doing all this the same day. The office had closed and she said, oh, no, we'll stay late to do it. You know, all these warning bells. But still, again, because I was clueless and healthy, I thought nothing alarmed me. And one of the nurses said, you know, the biopsy, I had one and I was okay. So when I heard her say that she was okay, that translated to me saying, I will be okay. Mm -hmm. And I just want to get this out of the way. So when I got a call from my primary care doctor's office a couple of days later, I was completely shocked when she told me to come into the office and I got there and she immediately ushered me into her private office and told me the news it was like one of those Charlie Brown things. I was looking at her mouth, like wonk, 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 talking. 
in my mind, I was thinking, what is she saying? And who is she talking to? Even though it's only the two of us in the room, I was still thinking, who who is she talking to? And she just said the word cancer. And I heard the word cancer. And then I just, everything stopped. Was that here in Orlando? Yes. And so when people say they were shocked at the news, I was completely shocked. So I think that answers the first part of your question. Yes. And yes. the second part on the treatment, I had uh, chemotherapy for six months and 30 radiation treatments and then four surgeries throughout the process because I had a mastectomy as well. So that was my treatment process that lasted that, you know, the rest of the year. You have and a double, a double mastectomy? At that time, I only had a single. Okay. And I always tell people if I had the option to do this again, I would do a double. Me too. That happened to yeah. me too. So this was in 2004 where we were just, you know, people were not as encouraged to do the doubles. Like you just take care of the one, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do unnecessary surgery and all of that. But again, g- given what I know now, I would have done the double for sure. For sure. Me too. And as for journaling, yes, I wrote this something every day about what I was going through, what I was thinking, what I was feeling. And it's so interesting now to go back this was in 2004. So 17 years later now to go back to just read some of my thoughts and some of the things that I wrote about treatment, some of the things I didn't understand at the time, but now I do like, Oh, that made sense when the doctor said this, or, you know, when they suggested this. So that's been very interesting. Did you have to be on any long-term like um, uh, estrogen inhibitors or anything like that? Because um, I was diagnosed with a more aggressive triple negative uh, breast cancer they at the time did not have anything for us. So they just kind of, you know, sent us on their way with good luck. So no tamoxifen or anything like no. that? No, oh. because it was not estrogen fed, no tamoxifen. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's yeah, a good thing because they say that, you know, I'm on all kinds of different ones and I'm constantly dealing with aches and pains and this and that. So yeah, I, that's kind of a good thing. Now, Tell me how your life has changed after cancer. Wow. Uh, oh, I have one more question to interrupt you. Sorry. Um, so when all this was going on, were you working at Channel 9 at the time? I was. Yes, I was. I was anchoring the morning newscast there. Yeah. So you probably had a huge support system. Did family, friends, coworkers, you know, sometimes I, I worry about those that don't have absolute support. That is just so important that I didn't realize until the time when I was sitting in the doctor's office, she said to me, I think we need to call your parents. And I was like, well, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of. They live out of town. I'm an adult. What what in the world are you thinking? And she said, no, trust me, you're going to need them. And so she called them, which was great because then she could break the news to them because I was like, how do I tell them this? So she told them, I was like, this is working out very well for me. Well, they were here the next day driving from Alabama and stayed here throughout the treatment process. And she was right. I could not have made it without them. So that support system is very important. It is important to have the support of friends. And if you're working coworkers, you really do need people around you to rally around you on those tough days, because some of those days are very, very tough physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. So you need people in all aspects of your life to encourage you along the way. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. That is so true. And I do worry about those that don't have support systems. And I have heard that several, several times, you know, now 
that I'm around it all the time. I hear about those that don't have it. And your life changing. Um, have you changed your diet? Have you changed when all this was done and you, and you started your, your outreach program? Did you say to yourself, okay, now I have to change the way I eat, you know, this and that. And was any of that a factor? I did, but I didn't go like ultra crazy. I didn't say I'm only going to eat, you know, tree bark now or whatever. (laughs) Um, I just think I am more aware of just trying to eat healthier than I was before and, you know, trying to exercise, which is always a challenge. Always. But uh, just being um, more careful about what I choose to feed my body as fuel. Now, I know you wear a sleeve. Do you wear that every day? I do. I was diagnosed with lymphedema about mm, three or four years after I finished treatment. And so I wear the sleeve. Yeah, that long after. Several years. So I do. I wear the sleeve every day. So if you what would happen if you didn't wear the sleeve? I mean, then the arm swelling up and the arm would swell. And I think most people don't realize lymphedema can be life threatening. And it's very serious if it's not under control, because, you know, that's all about toxins in the body. And so the arm would swell up and there would be fluid buildup and all of that. So the sleeve is to prevent that. It's not curable, but the goal is just to make it um, better. And there's a surgery that they do now that helps to, I guess, maybe cure would be the right word for people with that surgery, um, with the lymphatic transfer surgery. Mm. I have not had that. I'm wearing the sleeve, so it doesn't. Is that something you would consider ever? I'm not sure. I would have to really um, study more about it and hear more from patients who have had it. And right now, the sleeve has helped things maintain it. Good, good. I'm not a fan of surgery. And so (laughs) I don't blame you. Me neither. So I think as long as a sleeve is doing its job, it's an inconvenience, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have one of those lymphedema massages? They, I, yes. I don't know. I've never, I haven't been diagnosed with it, so I'm okay. But I hear about them and yes. you find they help. Yes, definitely. Okay. I was in, I had that massage therapy for several, um, several weeks. Okay. okay. Shortly after I was diagnosed. So that was a big part of getting me to the point where I am now, where I just have to wear the sleeve. Okay. I hate when, you know, when I see you on TV, I hardly even notice it. And somebody said, Oh, did you know that Vanessa wears a sleeve? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never, you know, that's awesome. Yep. That's so cool. I, I, I didn't know. Skin tone. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, Vanessa, you're, you're such a proponent and you're such a great advocate. And the fact that you're on TV, you're, you're a celebrity and you have a voice and a platform to reach breast cancer survivors. And I know you were very, very active. Are you um, a chairperson for Susan G. Komen? Is that that your title? Well, the station is uh, one of the, is the television media sponsor. So one of the media sponsors, but we're the television sponsor. So with that, I'm able to be a, a spokesperson for the More Than Pink Walk. And also just kind of be there for them in their projects to help them publicize what they're doing and the services that they offer. Because I think that's important too. People need to see more than like, oh, look at all these people wearing pink walking. People need to see the money that's raised, what it's doing right here in the local communities. 
So that's part of my um that's so great. Job. You've got a, such an awesome platform. So how, can I can I get off of that subject for just a second? So tell me a little bit about your your television career. Can you can you share a little bit with me? Oh, that's been a roadmap of the southeastern United States. Wow. I started at a very small station in Jackson, Tennessee. Okay. And from there, I worked in Macon, Georgia, then Chattanooga, then Nashville. And then here to Orlando. So you went to college for? Um, yes, I was a broadcast journalism major at the University of Alabama. Right. And you have such a beautiful voice. Did you ever do voiceovers or anything like that? Or no, not. You have not? Not, not, yet. not yet. yet. Okay. Maybe okay. you helped me launch a second career. <laughs> yeah. Why not? You do. You have such a pleasant and even keel and soft okay. voice. You do. You do. And you always know when it's you because of your voice. It's a it's a very nice voice. Thank you very much. Well, let me see. Um, you kept a journal. You have a support system. Vanessa, I I I just am so in awe of you. I I'm kind of so thankful that you're here today because um, I would like to become somewhat of a of an outreach person myself. You know, and being on the breast cancer survivor dragon boat team, and that's a question I have. Would you ever come out and just be on the boat with us? Okay, first of all, I have seen you ladies on the boat. Mm-hmm. That is very, very tough. It is. And you- I am not an athlete. I am not athletic at all. Okay. And I get out there. But well, just see, that makes me feel better because I was like, I can't drag them down because those ladies are serious. They are serious. But I'm telling you, if you just come out and sit on it, you don't just come and sit on the boat with us. Okay. And now experience that it. I would be I can so, do that. You could do that? Yes. That that would be cool. That would be really cool. Oh my God. Everybody would be crazy. is <laughs> on the boat. But yeah, we have so much fun out there though. And you know, and to be out on that water. And to experience the fresh air and we're thriving. We're not just survivors. We're thriving because we're active. We're busy and we're just enjoying when the sun sets, we're out there at dusk. And then on Saturday mornings, we're out there when the sun comes up. So it's just amazing. It's amazing. And I would really, truly love for you to be on there someday. Well, thank you. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Anytime you want to just, you know, just say, hey. It's Wednesdays and Saturdays we're out. So I know you've got a huge schedule. So, but you just let me know. You just okay, let me I'll know. Do that. Thank you. So Vanessa, I think I will let you go. And I wanted to say thank you so much for being oh, here with me you. today. It really makes my heart swell because I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Yeah. And getting to know you a little bit better. You know, and seeing you at I've seen you around so many times and I know you're so busy. So it's just really, really nice that you're here. And I I thank you so, so much for being here. You're welcome. I love what you're doing. I love how you talk about it's not just surviving. It really is thriving. And there's a big difference. Huge difference. You know, you could survive and be stuck in your house and crying all the time. Right. And and that's not going to get you anywhere. You know, I've got uh, one of my girls on my team. She's metastatic. And, you know, and she lives alone and she went through all of her stuff by herself. And as I talked to her and she just recently joined the boat and she she said that with this team has gotten her out of her 
her negative about herself mm. and started to think, hey, I can survive. And that makes me so grateful. It gives me goosebumps that she says that all the time. You know, she's met new friends. And uh, yeah, you're right. You don't have to be just a survivor. You can be a thriver. You can be absolutely. And we are thrivers. Yes, we are thrivers. All right, Vanessa, I'm going to let you go. And again, my pink warrior sister, I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. All right. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Vanessa. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Just Talk with Justine. If you like what you've heard, please rate, comment, and subscribe. We love talking to breast cancer fighters and survivors. If you have any questions, you can email me at justine at justtalkwithjustine.com.